0: Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen. We hope you had a good weekend now that Ian is out of here. Today is Monday, October 3rd. On this date in 1995, it was the verdict of the century. A Los Angeles jury found former football star O.J. Simpson not guilty of the murders of his former wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and Ronald Goldman. But Simpson would later be found liable for damages in a civil trial. Here's a quick TV question for you. On this date in 1955, a beloved children's program featuring a man in the treasure house whose big coat pockets earned him an unusual name debuted. Can you name him? I'll have that answer coming up. But first... Let's see what the forecast has in store for us over at the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center. Hey, good Monday morning to you. Meteorologist Joey Sylvan here on a cloudy start to our brand new work and school week. Temperatures cool outside as well. Make sure you grab the jackets. A lot of you will want it for most of today. Temperatures only in the mid-60s at lunchtime, only upper 60s with the breeze out of the north and not a lot of sunshine as we head in this afternoon. A few peaks here or there. As we go through tonight, skies will start to clear out and then we get to enjoy lots of sunshine. So one cloudy day today. Then lots of sunshine for the rest of the work week, 75 by Wednesday. And then we start to warm up toward 80. In fact, we'll be there at Thursday, Friday at 82. It does look like we'll cool back down a little bit for the weekend. We'll keep the, keep the sunshine rolling with high temperatures in the low to mid-70s. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast from the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Morning, y'all, is sponsored by MUSC
1: Health. Join a team that's changing what's possible. MUSC Health is hiring for all locations and various positions, including radiology, path and lab, maintenance, and a number of other professions. Find out more about the competitive pay rates and benefits or review a more comprehensive list of current openings at muschealth.org careers. MUSC Health, changing what's possible. Now
0: let's get to your Monday
1: morning headlines. At least 76 people are dead after Hurricane Ian hit the western coast of Florida. It was one of the strongest storms ever to hit the area.
0: As the death toll climbs, some are starting to ask whether earlier evacuation orders could have saved lives. Amy Kiley reports
2: on that debate.
1: I wouldn't have changed anything.
2: The death toll from Hurricane Ian is rising, especially around Fort Myers, Florida. Lee County officials ordered evacuations less than 24 hours before landfall. That was a day after some neighboring counties and two days after storm surge warnings.
3: Everyone wants to focus on a plan that might have been done differently. I'm going to tell you, I stand 100 percent with my county commissioners, my county
2: manager, Governor Ron DeSantis points out earlier forecasts had centered on Tampa.
0: It's easy to second-guess them, but they were ready for the whole time and um, and, and made that call when, when it was justifiable to do so.
2: He also notes Lee County residents could have gone to shelters.
0: They informed people, and most people did not want to do it. I mean, that's just, that's just the reality. Good
2: luck. Senator Rick Scott of Florida was the state's governor through several hurricanes. He says it's important to evaluate the emergency response to each major storm. As we go through this, we'll find out, is there things that we could do better to make sure we don't lose people's lives? For now, many Floridians are just focusing on what they have left. I lost
3: my boat, I lost everything I had, but saved three guys, it was worth it.
2: I'm Amy Kylie, Live 5 News.
0: Recovery from Hurricane Ian continues here at home as well. At the beaches, the Army Corps of Engineers is working to assess any erosion damage. Melissa Rademacher spoke to surveyors yesterday at Folly Beach and brings us more.
3: After any tropical storm or hurricane, the Army Corps of Engineers will come out to the affected beaches and map out any impact that the storm may have had and make a plan for how to fix it. Sunday afternoon, surveyors and geographers used a machine called the Rambler to take measurements and assess Folly Beach. The Rambler uses a light detecting and ranging tool to map beaches. Then the Corps compares the map to older models to see if a beach suffered erosion and needs more sand placed.
1: And we've been assessing the beach for the last 12 months getting, you know, when is it gonna be time for renourishment again? This will probably push it up after we do the survey today or they do the survey today, go back and look at all the information see where we are this point in time.
3: The Corps is scheduled to assess Myrtle Beach and Pauley's Island later in the week. In Folly Beach, Melissa Rademacher, Live 5 News.
1: The South Carolina Department of Health and Environmental Control is asking coastal residents to report any damage to beachfront structures. This includes seawalls, dune walkovers, and a type of retaining wall. If you do see any damage, you can report it to mycoast.org. DHEC says bringing attention to problem areas will help authorities prioritize and coordinate where the most help is needed after the hurricane. The reports will also aid DHEC with expediting recovery efforts along the coast. The department says says any damage to homes should be reported to local building officials and not DHEC. One town in South Carolina that got hit very hard by the hurricane is opening back up today to the general public at 8 this morning. Pawleys Island's police department posted on Twitter yesterday that all roads on the island are also now open once again to homeowners and contractors. They said that the county lot will remain closed until further notice. According to the mayor, the island received at least 7 feet of water.
0: If you're looking to get outside today and enjoy some fresh air and beautiful weather, you are in luck as all Charleston County Parks are officially reopened after Hurricane Ian. According to officials, McLeod Plantation and Palmetto Islands County Park are reopened as of yesterday. Kiowa Beach Walker Park, the Mount Pleasant Pier, and Wanamaker County Park have also all reopened, so all Charleston County Park facilities have resumed normal operations. In the wake of Hurricane Ian, many homes and buildings have been damaged. Municipalities are asking residents to alert them to this damage caused by the storm. If you live in Charleston County, you can submit any damage at GIS.Charleston-SC.gov. All you will need to do is fill out the form on the website. Officials say Charleston County offices are expected to reopen and resume normal operations today. The city of North Charleston says inspectors have already started to conduct damage assessments, but would like residents to continue to provide information about damage. You can report storm damage of any degree at arc.northcharleston.org. Officials say inspectors will come and document the damage with a home visit and make sure there are no safety hazards. If you live in Dorchester County, that county has tweeted out a link to its damage assessment form. We'll have that link on our website at live5news.com. Just look under the big red box. And finally, if you live in Berkeley County, you can report damage at berkeleycountysc.gov. All you have to do is fill out the form there on the site. Links to all the damage reporting websites can also be found on our website at live5news.com.
1: If you would like to donate to help those impacted by the hurricane, listen up. Gray Television is partnering with the Salvation Army to raise money for relief efforts through a program called Caring for the Coast. Text the word STORM to 51555. You can also visit give.helpsalvationarmy.org. We do have the link to donate on our website at live5news.com under the big red box. MUSC has confirmed that one of their employees died in one of the hospital facilities in Charleston Friday. The director of public affairs and media relations at MUSC released a statement yesterday confirming the death and announcing they're also investigating, quote, in cooperation with the appropriate authorities. The coroner's office has not released the name of that employee who died.
0: The Georgetown County Coroner's office has identified the victims of a double murder in Andrews Friday night. According to the coroner, Natasha Middleton and her daughter, Guccini Sylve, died from gunshot wounds after being shot in their home. The coroner has identified the shooter as Franklin Felder, who died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Andrews Mayor Frank McCleary also confirmed Friday that they believe Felder was the person responsible for the shooting. Tonight, there will be a candlelight vigil for Middleton and Sylve in Andrews. It'll be on Lorry Street, where the shooting happened, starting at 6 p.m.
1: The Georgetown County Sheriff's Office says they've arrested an Andrews man Friday following a chase near an elementary school. Investigators say they saw Derek Zeman and another man riding on a four-wheeler on County Line Road at high speeds Friday. Later in the day, deputies again spotted the two men, then drove off. Deputies say the men a- abandoned their vehicles near the former Oneida plant where canines eventually found those men hiding in a pond. Zeeman now faces six charges, including resisting arrest, failure to stop for blue lights and driving under suspension. No information about the second man has been released. The Georgetown Police Department is asking for help locating a missing man they say suffers from mental illness. 38-year-old Mac- Mackey or Mackie Blake was last seen yesterday at 5 a.m. walking on Emanuel Street near Alex Alfred Drive. Police say he was last seen wearing a camouflage jacket and blue jeans. If you do see Blake, you're asked to call police. That number, 843-545-4300.
0: This is the last week to register for in-person voting here in South Carolina.
1: Friday is the deadline, and the Election Commission does want to make sure everybody registers in time for this year's election.
0: Molly McBride joins us in the newsroom with more on how you can register. Good morning, Molly. Good morning. Election day is November
3: 8, but the deadline to register to vote in person is 30 days before, which is this coming Friday. In Berkeley, Charleston, and Dorchester counties, there are over 516,000 registered voters, according to the South Carolina Elections Commission. State and federal laws require all DMVs and certain state offices to offer voter registration. If you plan on voting online, that deadline is October 9th by 1159. If you want to vote by mail, you have to make sure your registration is postmark- postmarked by October 11th. Some elections we're watching closely here at Live 5 are the gubernatorial, superintendent, and congressional races. A quick and easy way you can register for in-person voting is to head over to vote.org. Or, oh, we put a link on our website at live5news.com under the big red box. That
1: application takes less than two minutes to complete. In the newsroom, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. Thanks so much, Molly. Well, speaking of the midterm elections, debates are coming up for three of South Carolina's highest offices in our state.
0: The debate for Lieutenant Governor between incumbent Republican Pamela Evitt and Democratic challenger Tally Casey is next Tuesday, October 11th from 8 to 9 p.m.
1: The gubernatorial debate between South Carolina incumbent Governor Henry McMaster and Democratic challenger Joe Cunningham is Wednesday, October 26th from 7 p.m. until 8.
0: The debate for Superintendent of Education is Wednesday, November 2nd at 7 o'clock with Democrat Lisa Ellis and Republican Ellen Weaver. Election day is November 8th.
1: The Democratic nominee for Governor Joe Cunningham will be holding a campaign event tomorrow right here in the Low Country. That's going to be at Charleston Poorhouse House from 530 until 7 p.m. That's on James Island on Maybank Highway. A reservation is required to attend that event. We will have a link to that event on our website at live5news.com.
0: Republican incumbent Governor Henry McMaster temporarily suspended campaign events due to Hurricane Ian. He was scheduled to appear at a tailgate ahead of the Clemson game on Saturday, but canceled that event. No events are on his schedule at this time.
1: Well, earlier this year, Governor Henry McMaster directed the South Carolina Department of Health and Human Services to evaluate mental health services in schools statewide.
0: Officials say after their review, they found only half the schools in the state have mental health
1: services, which isn't good enough. Our Lauren Quinlan joining us now live. And Lauren, what are officials saying the goal is for this program? Good morning.
4: I've been told that this program is focused on mental health for all, and those who follow the courses will be better equipped to help students who need it. Jeff Liritz with SCDHHS says over the last few years with the pandemic, there has been an increased need for mental health services for kids, but there's been a decreased supply in counselors. Starting today, schools across the state will be able to pick up a new program to better support student mental health. Psychology faculty at the University of South Carolina received a $3.2 million grant from SCDHHS to create the SC School Behavioral Health Academy. Mark Wiest with U of SC says SBHA will provide education for school districts, mental health providers, and youth serving agencies across the state through a mix of online and in-person learning.
1: There's no other state that's doing this kind of work to kind of rise the tide of mental health for all and improve student
3: and family functioning, but also reduce remote barriers to student learning.
4: The SBHA will train those taking the courses in creating safe schools, responding to crises, science-based approaches to counseling and more. Lirit says their goal is to cut the ratio in half for school-based mental health providers available from 1 in 1300 to 2 in 650.
3: The primary way that we're looking to do that is through um, increasing the amount of funding that's available to provide counselors in schools and the flexibilities that, that we've provided schools to be able to hire their own counselor, uh, continue with the DMH counselor, um, hire a private counselor, or, or do a combination
0: of those things.
4: For now, this program has two years of funding, but Liritz and Weiss believe in the long term, it can be quite sustainable. Leaders with U of SC and SCDHHS say they have reached out to school districts across the state, but if you are interested in picking up this program, just click on this story on live5news.com for some more information.
0: Reporting live in Charleston, Lauren Quinlan, Live 5 News. At the top of the show, I mentioned a beloved children's show that premiered on this date in 1955. The man in the treasure house with the big pockets in his coat, he was none other than Captain Kangaroo. Celebrating birthdays today, singer Chubby Checker is 81. Actor-singer Jack Wagner is 63. Singer Gwen Stefani is 53. Actress Neve Campbell is 49. Actor Sean William Scott turns 46. Singer-actress Ashley Simpson is 38. And actor Noah Schnapp of Stranger Things is 18. Thanks for starting your morning with Live 5 News, and please stay safe. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Morning, y'all. Produced every weekday morning and sponsored by MUSC Health. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen anytime at live5news.com podcasts. And download the free Live 5 News app for your mobile device for the latest local news and weather updates 24 7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.